Well, yeah. So we go <laughs> to, to book one. You wanted to read something else no, also? Book of I Beginnings. Yes. Canto one. A symbol dawn. Where we first hear of savagery. Yes. Yes. And that to me is very significant because the book ends with, with this very enigmatic line. This was this the day. was the day when Sachiban must die. Yes. So he sets us. It's not the story yet. Yes, and not only that, it's enigmatic at a deeper level. Yes. Often we, I mean, it's a in a sense valid question. Uh, at another level, the childish question that why we have to go through all this drama and process. The divine is all powerful. So he need not, you know, he can just uh, magically do something. Like, why must Satyavan die? So, uh, there, is, there are many levels at which we can understand it. Because there is an emphasis on the word must. And why? It's not must, will die, yes. should die. Why must the Divine why? Mother ah. have to take on the sorrows and griefs of the world? Yes. So, Satyavan must die, it's, it's basically, uh, there are many ways one can understand it. But one of the simple ways that I look at it is that we have to die to the old consciousness to be born to the new. And unless we do that, we cannot have the, the transformation cannot happen. So, there is a whole phase when the old is gone and the new is not yet there, which is like a transition phase. And during that phase, we have to learn to just completely surrender to her. That's what Satyavan does. Yes. And in the and it's very beautifully described what is the old consciousness and what will be the new consciousness. So Satyavan is in a, an eminent, a shreshtha, a noble, an Arya if you want to use the word. But there is one problem. When he discovers the self, he forgets, loses matter. Yes. And when he is with matter, he loses the spirit. So the old consciousness is a consciousness that creates an unbridgeable gulf between material reality and the spiritual. Yes. And he says to her, but now the gold link yes, has comes come. to me with thy feet. Yes. See. So now because there is a gulf, we had the old division of spirituality between spiritual life and material life. Yes. Now this gulf is created by whom? Actually there is in, from that other perspective there is no gulf. From the divine consciousness point of view. There is no gulf because it is all one. But there is a gulf within the human consciousness. And this gulf is filled with the grey of night. And that is death. Yes. It has created a gulf, unbridgeable gulf. That is why we will see that as Savitri proceeds with death, Death starts conceding little by little. Mm. At the end he says, Alright, you be with Satyavan. You want Satyavan? You be with Satyavan. Go up into up. the heavens beyond. Yes, yes. But don't ask him to come down here. Because he knows that if that happens, the gulf will be bridged. Exactly. So this is the gulf from where Savitri starts in the book of beginnings. Yes. And that's why Satyavan must die. Because if he stays with the old consciousness, because this is a practical I mean, uh, issue in, in everyday life. We want to hold on to both. And transformation doesn't work out like that. I mean, 
any part in us which owes its allegiance to the old and there are plenty of it them cannot be taken up into the new yes so therefore satyavan must die within each one of us so we start with the symbol we'll just read few lines a passage here there yes. and go as yes. it flows yes. maybe after the first two cantos when the foundation is laid we can introduce you know who are the characters, the characters. Ah, and good. see how it goes good. it's good to keep space for the divine inspiration that's why two rigid form forms <laughs> so the symbol dawn as we see it's a symbol and um, dawn is the first goddess they invoked uh, the vedic rishis invoked and she is the first goddess because she brings the not the illumination per se but the clear sign and indication that the illumination is going to be yeah dawn dawn is not about the light actually you don't see the light but you know the light you feel the light you sense the light yes so she is she is the she is if if we have the dawn we know it is the coming of light sun is not far behind to use a phrase from you know kids <laughs> paraphrase yes that if dawn is near sun is not far behind yes so similarly we see that uh, mother and shubindu in their own life because very often people ask this question where is the supramental so they are the heralds of the dawn they have announced it's going to come it's right there and now for it to fully emerge into the play it will take a gap of time so the dawn arrives but not before there is a fight yes in individual life in collective life and if you see in savitri itself i mean in the birth of savitri as you said shubindu had to redo it and it's an earlier draft is in baroda but then 1916 is supposed to be the officially first draft whatever it means <laughs> the attempt at a perfect perfection perfection but there is a big gap there is a whole night which intercedes the two world wars exactly and then there is the final birth which shubindu yeah. takes up and uh, you know and he even writes to amal i guess it was i have no time for savitri yes, now yes which was most and he said it's in my most important work yes so we see the same truth being revealed here it was the hour before the gods awake now not going into the details of the lines but even if we connect it to shurbindo's coming and the supramental creation you will read one of the very interesting uh, prayers of the mother prayers and meditations where she speaks of these brilliant gods whose hour has come and then yes. he she speaks of the uh, intelligence the rapid activity of the intelligence which is now trying to create new forms yeah. so that is the time if we see that first part of the previous century suddenly there was a spurt of activity in every field in the field of pure physics in the field of biology yes. in the field of uh, in the geopolitical situations there was suddenly a burst of activity as if a change is going to come so these gods were as if uh, restless they were wanting to take birth and the human consciousness was getting churned but and there is a but across the path of the divine event 
the huge foreboding mind of night alone in her unlit temple of eternity lay stressed immobile upon silence march so mother very beautifully says what is this divine event it is creation itself yes. and uh, closer to us we may say it is the new creation but there is the huge foreboding mind of night it is not ready it has it, it has a grip uh, on the human consciousness the earth consciousness why you know it's a very interesting phrase mind of night yes is there a mind in the night yes so here mind is being used as a power of extreme division so night is not just nothing there is a power active within it which is a power of extreme division yes and it has divided 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 everything up to the infinitesimal nothing is awake and we see that yes. in these lines yes. these coming lines in the unlit temple of eternity yeah. the the psychic must be lit the flame must be lit yes. Yes. the deity established yes. the ego dethroned so all these are processes of yoga almost one felt opaque impenetrable in the somber symbol of her eyeless muse the abyss of the unbodied infinite if fathomless zero occupied the world so i wonder how shubhendran the mother would have felt at that point of time opaque impenetrable who was feeling it's very interesting he says almost one felt giving the impression there is one who feels that everything is opaque impenetrable sometimes in the evening talks when we read and i just wonder see now we are so fortunate we have uh, all the letters we have the books we have uh, everything ready made served to us so the first disciples when shubhendra was speaking of supermind what they would have gathered next to nothing even now you know we wonder and he says you would not understand <laughs> would not understand yes. opaque impenetrable nobody would have probably even believed yeah. even though they had trust in shubhendra and the mother but they would have wondered what is this and almost one felt sometimes you feel that shubhendra is identified gone there and he is feeling that this is so opaque this is my field here i have to work and what was the possibility that brought them down at this point yes thick of darkness sun is nearest when all is dark if you see 1900 yeah i mean if you look at the field of science at the field of spirituality at the field of philosophy everywhere psychology politics it's thick dense darkness yeah. so sun has to come yes. and announce itself but then this is something which is not being done for the first time right so he reveals to us a power of fallen boundless self awake between the first and the last nothingness so these are the two rivers which will come later on as rivers so the first nothingness is of course the superconscient in which everything is there as a potential but 
not many ways. It's nothing. You can't define it, you can't describe it. Neti neti. And the last nothingness, this is also nothing. Because everything is there but only hidden, concealed. You can't see it. It's nothing. So between them, there is a boundless self which is there in it, which is beginning to become awake. So it's very interesting that in that unlit temple of eternity, uh, God himself is waking up. You know that uh, vision of the mother before coming to Pondicherry, where she sees, she goes down into the depths of the inconscient, sees this great being lying and sleeping. And from his sleep, he is creating the worlds. And then when she goes, he wakes up, he opens the eyes. Hiranyakarpa. And then she says that uh, he was, he is the first avatar. He is the first descent which took place. We don't even know. Because when we speak of the parable of the ten avatars, it is only for this cycle of creation. There have been many cycles. And we see that in this canto. Yes, yes, we can see that. So there have been cycles, even before the Vedas, before the Chaldean legion. Mm -hmm. There have been cycles of creation where the effort has taken place. But the first descent of the divine entering into the inconscient, from there the whole thing starts. And he opens his eyes. He opens the eyes. Recalling the tenebrous womb from which it came, turned from the insoluble mystery of birth and the tardy process of mortality and longed to reach its end in vacant knot. So there is a tendency because everything is emerging from the inconscient to collapse back into it. So it turns away from this insoluble mystery of birth. So, very often the so-called celebrated Vairagya in Indian thought (laughs) is not a very healthy thing. (laughs) Basically, it means that you find birth and life a terror and you you don't like it. It's difficult. The challenge is too much. So, people take different routes to turn back and one of them is this route. What is the point? So, it has a tendency to go back into the vacant knot and now come few lines and then we will go to some other passage because they again fill us with hope as in a dark beginning of all things a mute featureless semblance of the unknown repeating forever the unconscious act prolonging Forever the unseen will cradled the cosmic drowse of ignorant force whose moved creative slumber kindles the suns and carries our lives in its somnambulist world. You see, it's very interesting. Actually, every revelation of Shirobindo and Savitri, of course, is the profoundest of the profound. There are several ways you can see it. It, These few lines you can build into a whole metaphysical system of thought. Uh, Of course, very simple that the first beginnings are just uh, like a mechanical patterns of nature, uh, which probably have not even taken a form. And these patterns of energy will eventually precipitate as a form. So he's describing the very beginning of things, before form is formed, (laughs) to put it that way. 
you can also take it as um, when we first strive towards something i always love to take out uh, psychological meanings within it because it's practical it connects to us so uh, all beginnings are dark so we should not be disheartened or give up second in the beginning there is a tendency to perpetuate the old ways mechanically whatever is happening so many time people ask this question what is this i see you know people are making a cult going to samadhi they are doing this gesture that gesture bowing down putting flowers no no we should read these lines in the beginning we go through the same process because we have a background forever repeating the unconscious act you know we go to the temple and we offer the flowers whether there is anything in the heart or not not realizing that when we do the same act here the power that is carrying us in the somnambulist world will touch us at one place mother says my child the very fact when people go round the samadhi just literally the round they cannot help but being touched by the supramental force so that is the other way of looking at it that the very fact even mechanically when they come and it strikes you sometimes it's amazing you know how i mean it's always humbling experience and chastening experience so i met someone recently 5 6 months back they came to know of mother and shobindo and this man looks so uncouth as if he has not even properly taken taken a proper bath and you know that kind of and he suddenly came and did namaste to me and i said yes good morning how are you so he said oh i have been watching your videos and i feel so much from i have started feeling so much for mother and it is the first time i have come i said okay you want something he said yes i want to meet you so i want to know more about mother so he came so i asked him that uh, what do you do for a living because you know i was just wondering that uh, and what he said was so interesting he said i sell alcohol daru besta i said mother there is still in me that old fellow who can get shocked i said who is this fellow and then but i was so happy what a straight forward man yeah. he said i sell alcohol <laughs> <laughs> and then he told me something very interesting which again you know he says you know what i tried different things i failed in all <laughs> but this one has succeeded and i look after my family i said good it's okay i mean <laughs> what has to say <laughs> you know imagine and then he added you know he felt that i may feel bad he said but i don't take anything i said <laughs> i'm glad <laughs> and i was reminded of udardas story you know udardas story how divine has included all kinds of beings you know doesn't matter people so much you know become judgmental somebody is going and bowing this is nothing this is at least a if nothing else a religious act which is still you know got a uh, meaning so udharda <laughs> used to offer drinks to some of these people mm-hmm. ashram people that time you know whoever were there ambu so they were, also ha ah, yeah. ambu also so so one day when mother asked what is this 
So he said, Mother, there is so and so person. Uh, what was his name? I am forgetting. First name. Uh, anyway, said he gives us drinks. So he said, Who is this Pinto giving drinks to my children? I want to meet him. And that was the end of Mr. Pinto and the beginning of Udar. So you see how concealed behind all yes, this, yes. there is a deeper truth which is waiting to express itself. So we look at the pattern, somnambulist world, oh these people every day, they are going, what is this round and round? I know of an alcoholic who used to take only thing round and round the ashram. Yes, he used to do only that. But tremendous intelligence, once I told him, you know, why are you doing this? He said, so you are being judgmental. I said, my God, this fellow is, you know, have to be, you are being judgmental. You know, mother and Shirobindu were not judgmental. I said, yes, I am afraid I made a mistake. Though I had no such intention of judging you. <laughs> I had a very medical question that why don't you give it up? Later on he came because of issues. So we should not be disheartened by appearance. As in a dark beginning of all things. And also then, you know, the next page. So we have transition of images from dense darkness, darkness, grayness. And then... When the time comes, it's a sudden process. You know, this again, yes. when mother was asked that, you know, we try and try and sometimes nothing happens. She said, Do, still you keep trying. Yes. She said, what happens is that all this intensity keeps mounting up. Till one day, suddenly the door opens and you step into the light. Now, people think that moment is the sudden moment and therefore it's what is important. But they don't see that Days and weeks and months and years. A long dim preparation long, is yeah, man's, man's life. life. They have just sat before the door and the door won't open. Yes. So we have this, I'm sure you... I'd like to start uh, with... Um, yeah. It was as though, yeah. even in its knots profound, even in this ultimate dissolution's core, there lurked an unremembering entity. Survivor of a slain and buried past, condemned to resume the effort and the pang, reviving in another frustrate world. Yes. An unshaped consciousness, desired light, yeah. and a blank prescience yearned towards distant change. And now these lights. As if a childlike finger laid on a cheek, reminded of the endless need in things, the heedless mother of the universe, an infant longing clutched the somber vast. So this heedless mother, material yes, nature, yes, yes. she is just not in a need awakens, endless need. Yes. So even desire becomes a propelling, endless need. I need this, I need that. Slowly, slowly she wakes up. And then we have in the next page, that darkness slipped. Yeah, there it is. Remember those lines and darkness slipped and fade like a falling cloak from the reclining body of a god. So that is where we see <clears throat> and uh, another very interesting. So, there is a long passage. There, there are a number of transition of images. Many. Many transitional images where um, we see one after another. The dawn, Once it comes, it awakens the light. And then a time comes when suddenly 
everything becomes ablaze and awake and the yagna starts you know that next page on page 4 we have toward the end that the divine mother finally comes so dawn arrives then the divine mother comes and then what happens after that is wonderful all grew a consecration and a rite now this i see as the book of yoga so what happens in yoga this is exactly the process first there is a kind of dawn a sense ah so nice admiration oh there is a new new thought wonderful but it's not yet yoga then it whatever time passes depending on a preparation a time comes when suddenly there is a recognition of the divine mother and very interestingly i was uh, reading once mother says that one should come to me after a long preparation coming to me is not the beginning a time comes and most of the time i see most people take time to recognize the divine mother yes but once she touches a form from far beatitudes came to near then the yagna starts she kindles to fire then there is the true initiation so there are there is a preparatory stage even in yoga where there is a mental illumination like the dawn you feel there is something but you don't quite hold it grasp it it's tangible and yet intangible you know it is there and yet you don't see it there is a face and one can linger in that face for long but a time comes when the divine mother touches her feet on to a matter yes. material life this embodied existence and that is what is being described here a form from far beatitude seem to near ambassadors twixt eternity and change the omniscient goddess leaned across the breaths so she is the one who mediates between the human soul and the supreme there is no other way so we see this uh, then the yagna starts and then one by one the experiences come i this consecration yeah. and a right yes when i was going back to the us mother wrote to me something i didn't know anything about consecration at the age of 23 yes of course she writes keep living in you the spirit of consecration and all will be all right wonderful what did i know that Nothing. is the yoga the whole that. yoga is a yagna yeah and then something very interesting but the big problem is to keep this fire alive and that's what we have on the next page <clears throat> only a little the god light can stay i think this line itself says it all yes and the reason is that human clay is not ready we should not look at it as a fault or a defect or guilt it's that human clay is not ready so after a while the flesh tires cannot respond and so the light tends to retire or draw back or it diffuses becomes common place yes you know we get so habituated to it that we do not look at it we start the light is there but we are going as he describes on the next page all sprang to their unwearing daily acts yes it's the tragedy but we, we see but we still it says 
this this line about <clears throat> um, where is it now? Yeah, a sacred yearning yes. lingered in its trace. So it does that. It yes. it keeps the heart. It opens the heart to the yearning, to the aspiration, to the seeking, longing, which will in turn prepare everything once again. Yes. Yes. So the first touch is the touch of the fire, touch of the sun. There is an instant glow, which all of us experience it like the initiatory ritual, if you want to say it. Ritual in the deepest sense, the rite. Right, yes. Then the rest of the members have to become ready. So that's where there is a diffusion of light. And this is a very common problem, at least, you know, uh, people don't understand. Like living in Pondicherry, for example, there are two sides to it. One is that there is a tremendous light and power, which is no doubt. But precisely because of that, sometimes very difficult for human consciousness to all the time assimilate it. So there is a tendency to start going about your life in the everyday process. So, the common light of earthly day. And we have that description on the next page. All sprang to their unwearying daily acts. So you know there is a light. It has come. This power is there to help us. But after some time, we get so used to it, so accustomed to it. Habit. Habit. So we spring up to our daily unwearying acts. The thousand peoples of the soil and tree obeyed the unforeseen instant's urge. And leader here with his uncertain mind, alone who stares at the future's covered face, man lifted up the burden of his fate. I think the other day I was reading something from the mother. She says, my child, when you are in difficulty, why don't you call me? And then she says, I don't know why you don't call me. I am here to help you. It happens to that extent. Man lifted up the burden of his fate. He thinks he has to do it. There is no other way because of habit. We cannot trust the grace enough with our, let's say, worldly issues. Because we think that, you know, divine is only for the other worldly things. It's amazing. But she says that for everything, if nothing else, you will come in contact with me. That's the The minimum. The other day... Someone said, had a problem and said to me, I can't resolve it. I just can't get out of it. I said, call mother. Boom, it was gone. Absolutely. Immediately it was gone. It is so simple. Countless times this experience comes. Yes. And yet, equally countless times we go back to the same old stupid nature. Unvarying daily acts. Unvarying daily acts. Man lifted up the burden of his feet. And then we see the symbol, full sense of the symbol, and Savitri to evoke among these tribes. She becomes like us, which you were mentioning. The Divine Mother becomes like one of us. But the difference, and the difference between somebody who is, um, you know, often people describe who is doing sadhana, who is not doing sadhana. I mean, apart from the absurdity of this question at a deepest level. But it's the inner attitude with which you approach life. What is your focus? What is your most important thing in life? So the difference is described very beautifully. 
that while people wake up and they are lured by the apparent ways, she finds desire comes to her also, but is a sweet and alien note. Yes, it comes, it touches her, visited her heart. Ah, yes. So that's what we see here. It has nothing to do with anything external. And tribes, beautiful. Yeah. The human family, the yes. tribes. Tribes, yes. So time's message of brief light was not for her. In her, there was the anguish of the gods. Imprisoned in our transient human mold, the deathless conquered by the death of things. So when we are conscious of the soul, when we are conscious of the divine presence, then in a certain sense the real yoga starts. That's what Shubhindu says. Because then you realize, what is this anomaly? What is this great contradiction between who you really are in your essence and this into which you are drawn, into which you are dragged again and again, this nature to which you are tried, tied, this blindness, this ignorance, which the members are steeped in. So she experiences that great division between who she is and the nature, the boundaries of nature, the limits of nature, the obscurity which the avatar has taken upon herself. So, same we saw about the coming of light and we saw that how it diffuses into earth nature. We have on the next page the same thing with regard to human nature, when the touch of light through the avatar comes, how human beings react to it. How Hard is it, it to yes. persuade earth nature has changed? You know, sometimes sometimes I see, read, hear some of these stories. They, uh, they are at the same time, on one side, stories of tremendous compassion and love. At the same time in them, there is a divine pathos. The other day somebody was telling me this story, of course telling it very humorously and there is a humor part of it. Someone who would smoke and smoke quite quite a bit. And the joke used to be that he would say that well, giving up smoking it is very easy. I give it up every day. So <laughs> every day he gives up and next day he starts. And uh, mother told him something very interesting. She said, okay, if you can't give up, fine. But when you have smoked, don't come near me at that time. To another sadhak, to whom this man shared the story, he caught the second part of the story. See how you can take the same story. Yes, yes. One person would say, oh, mother, mother had accepted, it's okay, you know, we can smoke. But the other one took the other part of the story, that don't come near don't me. Come if near I me. smoke, I put a wall between me and her. So the second person also used to smoke and he took it as an inspiration to give up smoking. Yeah. So, human nature, it, it's but each one has his own shibboleth, as the mother says, which one is not ready to give up. It, it, uh, it fears the pure divine intolerance of that assault of ether and of fire. So this is the assault of Kali, which he cannot bear. He finds her too strong, too hard. And it murmurs. it murmurs at its sorrowless happiness. Almost with hate repels the light it brings. I remember in the beginning when I came and there was some issue and some very old people, uh, 
people who had lived here for many decades. And uh, something was going on, very mundane. And I said, you must have read what Shubhinda has said, you know. Oh, oh, don't tell me all that. I was surprised at the response. I said, did I hear it right? This mother's ashram, somebody has so much resistance to what Shubhinda, if nothing else... Even if you have heard, you don't even know what I am going to say. You would normally say, oh, okay, you, you become quiet because, you know, it's Mother and Shubhinda's words. But, you know, this, it repels with hate the light that it brings. It's very strange. Something inexplicable. It trembles at its naked power of truth and the might and sweetness of its absolute voice. Very difficult to obey and surrender. Very difficult for for most, if not many, that what Shurbindo has said is truth, and it is not the other way round. When people are, is it true? Well, if Shurbindo says so, it is true. Yes. I remember one very simple uh, anecdote of V.K. Gokak. He was, I think, vice chancellor, and, and he was also, a, of course, professor in English. Mm-hmm. And it seems someone asked him once. Is it English? Do you think that what you know? Is it English that Shubhendu is writing? I mean, what kind of English is this? And he said, "It is not English that Shubhendu writes. What Shubhendu writes is English." Yes, I remember <laughs> so, that. Yes, yes. So, now that should be our approach. You yes. know, if we really take them <clears throat> as our master, I mean, leaving aside that they are much more than master. That's the end of the story. Life can be so simple and beautiful. Mother says so. That's the end of the story. But it does not. Absolute voice. No, I must also have a voice. <laughs> Democracy, freedom. <laughs> Don't quote mother to me. <laughs> Don't quote mother to me. I am a law unto myself. <laughs> freedom. She has given freedom, not realizing she has also said what is freedom. <laughs> she has given me. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> from our own ego, desires. <laughs> There's a whole list of things we have to be free from. And, uh, uh, you know, Nolini once called me to his office and he said, Mother wanted me to tell you something. She gives you total freedom in this ashram, but with it comes complete responsibility. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So beautiful. Also because that is necessary because then it's authentic. If something is forced upon you as a code of conduct, yes. then the problem is that whatever change comes is not authentic. Yes. Each part has to freely choose to change. That is a big challenge of transformation. So it's not like a religious code, which is what happens to every movement. After some time, you will see that it turns into a code. A moral code. Moral a code, yes. ethical code, yes. or yes. you know, simply a religious code. Yes. Mother said so, mother does not like, mother likes, which is not what it should become. Even people start pointing to the dress, pointing toward this, pointing toward that. So I remember once long back, somebody had come to my class and another person pointed out, oh, how come you are wearing this kind of t-shirt in the ashram? So she asked me, I said, see, this is the irony of life, that you have come for the Savitri class, your attention is on the Divine Mother and Savitri somebody's attention is on your t-shirt. So I said, (laughs) to each his own. (laughs) That is the freedom. What else to say? (laughs) 
I mean, if if you have nothing better to see but seeing your T-shirt, it's miserable that Savitri's talk is going on, and you know, if nothing else, mother's picture is there, but you are worried about what T-shirt somebody is wearing, dressing inappropriately, inappropriately for, the for the ashram. So all these, you know, fortunately, not see most people who have grown up in this culture understand. Let me tell you that instinctively. This my experience, having dealt with number of yeah. old ashramites. But some, there is a small band, but unfortunately a very, you know, vocal. <laughs> yes, <laughs> very vocal, very much at crucial places, every, at every gate, uh, you have the stone-eyed <laughs> stone law. law. Stone-eyed <laughs> law. Right at the post where you don't want to meet, there you will meet. But rest of the people are very wonderful, you know. <laughs> so, so this is what he is cautioning also on the same page. A glory of lightnings traversing the earth scene, their sun thoughts fading, darkened by ignorant minds, their work betrayed, their good to evil turned, the cross, their payment for the crown they gave. And now see the pathos in this line. Yeah. Oh. Only they leave behind splendid. a splendid name. You see the avatars? Lord Rama, Lord Rama. Krishna, Krishna, but see what the, what is done. Yes. Buddha, the mighty Buddha. Yes. What they have done to the avatars. Christ, Shubhendra says, on his tomb they erected a religion. Yeah. So, this what should not happen and I am sure this won't happen because this time the Divine Mother has seen to it, we will see to it that it doesn't happen. So I think we will stop here and see.